You're listening to Team Talk, a podcast by the Evangelical Movement of Wales to support church leaders. Hello and welcome to the third Team Talk podcast from the Evangelical Movement of Wales. Team Talk exists to support and encourage church leaders, primarily in Wales, but we welcome absolutely anyone who's joined us. And if you have joined us from far afield, a particular warm welcome to you, a warm Welsh welcome. Why don't you let us know where you've picked us up from? It'd be great to hear from you. Well, wherever you are, whatever you're doing over the next 20 minutes or so, we hope that this podcast will be a help and an encouragement to you. The pandemic, as we all know, has been draining on many people and uh, not least of which church leaders. Balancing the unpredictability of our situation, uh, juggling the ever-changing government guidelines, and at the same time seeking to be biblically faithful and engaging with the pastoral concerns of those of our own fellowship and the needs of the world around us. All of this has presented quite a challenging context for church leaders. Now, as it seems we're coming to a more relaxed place, the reality is that as the situation becomes more relaxed, the questions seem to grow. I don't know if you've experienced that or if it's just me. The difficulty of balancing those who are cautious and those who just want to get back to how things were inevitably creates tensions within the life of the church. All the time in the midst of uncertainty though, We are seeking to be faithful. Church leaders can operate rather like a lightning rod in the middle of an emotional storm. So today is the first of a two-part series looking at self-care in church leadership. It's not something we do particularly well, and perhaps most importantly, it's not something we always think about particularly biblically. So today we're going to be looking at three really helpful biblical examples of self-care in action amongst God's servants in the scriptures. And today I'm joined by my good friend, Jeff Creswell. Jeff is an elder in Highfields Evangelical Church in Cardiff. Before taking up this role pretty much full time, Jeff, you were a head teacher, a head teacher for many years. And as a result of that, uh, Jeff continues to be a mentor, uh, not only to head teachers, but also to church leaders and uh, has great experience and is a great encourager of church leaders in this area of self-care. We've been delighted to have Jeff speak at some of the EMW church days in the past, and I know those who've attended his seminars have appreciated them very much. So hello, Jeff. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. Yeah, very well. So glad you've been able to join us at Team Talk. Well, as we said, this first session is going to be looking briefly at three biblical examples of self-care and uh, in many ways the thing that sort of sets the tone I think for what we're trying to do today and in part two which will be coming out in two weeks time are those really important words of Paul to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.16 watch your life and doctrine closely persevere in them because if you do you will save both yourself and your hearers Sometimes we're very good at watching our doctrine and sometimes the doctrine of others, but we're not very good at watching our lives ourselves. We may watch ourselves morally, 
I trust we do, and we may seek to examine ourselves by the standards of Scripture in terms of Christ-likeness as church leaders. But actually watching times in life when maybe we've become a little overloaded and are starting to unravel. It's my experience that church leaders are not particularly good at this. I guess you'd agree with that, Jeff. Yes, I'm, I'm afraid. Uh, yeah, you're. Yeah, you're just not good at that now. No other way to put it, really. You know, you can't be nice about it. You, you're just rubbish at it, really. Ah, oh, the wounds of a friend. Thank yeah. you. Well, the first of these three biblical examples. Let me set the scene before Jeff engages with the passage uh, for us. Uh, it's Exodus 18 verses 14 to 27. And uh, it's a conversation really between Moses and his father-in-law. Those are always interesting conversations, aren't they? But this one is particularly of interest. Uh, his father-in-law takes a close look at what Moses is doing. In fact, he asks him, what is this you're doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? And it's pretty clear from the passage that his father-in-law is concerned about Moses. He's concerned about the work, as he tells him in verse 18, being too heavy for you. You can't handle it alone. And so he seeks to give Moses advice. And advice is in the area of delegation. It's detailed advice. And Moses listens. And as a result of that, the work goes on and Moses' self-care is uh, redressed. Okay, Jeff, this is a really important passage, isn't it? A really helpful passage. Mm, yeah, 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 very much so. And um, I think just what strikes me, it's interesting to see how um, it takes someone else to come along and tell Moses he's got it wrong here. It's it's often very difficult for a minister in a, in a situation to recognize it themselves. And that, that would be one observation was the helpful concern from somebody outside, an older man in this case, because he's been his father-in-law. And, um, and you know, you wonder whether the people within the his, his circle, the people in Israel at the time, they didn't say anything. And that probably is true for the ministers as well in your situation. Probably your congregation is not going to say you need to be delegating more. And it might be an issue of speaking truth to power for them, or it might just be that they're quite happy. If you're going to do it, then great, carry on, you know. And uh, so you end up doing more and more and more. And also, is... sorry, I just I think a question which is open there is why is it that Moses does that, or why is it that a minister does that? What's you know is it what is in the in the thinking? Only I can do it well, or I don't want to be a burden to other people um, by giving them jobs. Um, the reason why I think is interesting as well. Sorry, Phil. Come no, on. it's a really good question. Uh, I think probably from the context, nobody has stepped in to tell him to stop. This is no. the first time somebody's done that. And Moses is an extremely capable leader, isn't he? A very mm. robust character um, and has been through great things with a clear sense of call passionately concerned to do the people good but as you say he's just been allowed to run and nobody's come alongside and said hey is this the right thing to be doing why do you think his father-in-law might have stepped in and spoken to him the way he did what's driving his father-in-law it is a real concern for him isn't it i i, I think that's very obvious because he doesn't need to and uh, but 
um he does uh and and in a sense it's um he's putting himself on the line a little bit i mean moses could turn around and say well hang on a sec you haven't been in egypt you you haven't been across the you know you haven't been through what i've been through you know um mind your own business um but one of the things that's impressive about moses is the fact that he you know the scripture says he is humble a very humble man and it's very mightily impressive that despite his position of authority he listens and and acts when when someone like jethro comes along that is so helpful so jeff these two things go together uh somebody who's concerned for moses the man speaks and moses has the humility to listen mm. and i suppose jeff this would be these would be two really vital components for for getting self-care in leadership irrespective mm. of whether you're a minister you know we need to keep it broadened out and we includes elders and deacons and youth Certainly. workers whoever yeah yeah but yeah is there somebody who will say somebody who says i really only really care about you here and somebody who's got that perspective on the situation so he's his father-in-law so obviously he cares about him as a person and uh and then somebody who's willing to speak out and 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 say those things uh in the context and if you haven't got somebody like that then i think it's it's tough that is so helpful and i know jeff when we first started chatting and you and me you said i i'm really not bothered about what's going on in your church i'm only interested in you which is a hugely encouraging thing so thank you again for that yeah, it doesn't well, make me sound very spiritual but hey <laughs> and a great friend though yeah. well the second uh incident we're going to look at jeff together is the uh time in mark 6 31 and 32 when Jesus encourages his disciples to take some time off and to rest. They'd been together through some very um, powerful and one might even say traumatic experiences. Jesus calming the storm, delivering a demon-possessed man. There have been healings. They've been sent out as a 12. There's been the beheading of John the Baptist. And so when we come to Mark 6 verses 31 to 32, uh, Jesus speaks very deliberately and precisely to them about the need for rest. Jeff, this is a very common theme, isn't it, amongst church leaders? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, it's just the needs are so great. And, you know, you just described lots of different needs for which I think the difficulty is you do actually have a contribution to make. And so not to do something about a situation is a really difficult decision. And you've got to say Jesus is surrounded by all these, this need. And yet he says, no, this is the priority now. We're doing this. And I think that's a, a very powerful example. And there's a, set, there's a sense in which that's a very difficult decision to make at times in practice, to say, actually, we've got all this need around us, but today I'm unavailable. I'm going to get some time on my own with the Lord or whatever it is you do, cycle off into the mountains or whatever. It, it doesn't matter what it is that you do to re recharge. But it's a false, um, it, it, it's a, it's a false virtue to keep going and not do what Jesus did in saying, time's come for a break, lads. That's it. 
yeah, I think, Jeff, a lot of leaders struggle with seeing rest as legitimate. Mm. Um, it's interesting in verse 31 that Mark says they did not even have a chance to eat, which mm. seems to sort of underline that there are legitimate things in life that the human condition needs. Yeah, I think we're human beings, aren't we? Which is unique. You know, we're not a spirit. We're not just a body, but we're both. But they're as a human being, the body and the spirit is entirely linked. And it's very hard um, to function spiritually if you physically run down. It, 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 you know, because of the way we're wired, the way we look at life, the way we look at scripture, the way we look at the Lord is, is affected by our physical state. And um, we can't, there's also almost a false um dichotomy between um the body and the so the soul and their well-being and the two are connected so it's a uh, yeah it, but it is difficult i think it's really difficult I, I i for somebody surrounded by need being the single point of failure in an organ in an organization actually stopping it's interesting that jesus joins them in this experience mm. um he, he speaks about come with me yeah by yourselves to a quiet place and get mm -hmm. some rest uh is there a sense here that we should be encouraged by our lord's own example in his humanity in that he appears also to respect the limitations of the human frame he's divine obviously but within mm. his humanity he's recognizing there are parameters Yes, yeah, very much so. And he recognizes overload, and so he he does something about it. And and I think, you know, we follow Jesus. Why wouldn't we follow him in this as respect as all the other areas we follow Jesus? So to overstretched leaders who are neglecting self-care, perhaps the challenge from this passage, Jeff, would be, well, Jesus took rest. You should too. Hmm. Yeah. Great. OK, summer. well, we've looked at delegation. We've looked at or we've touched on delegation and uh, we've touched on uh, the importance of rest and solitude. The last one, the third one, uh, we go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 12 and 13, which links with 2 Corinthians 7 and verses 5 and 6. Again, the context here is important. Paul speaks about going to Troas, clearly to preach the gospel, believing that the Lord had opened the door for him. But when he gets there, he can't function uh, because, as he tells us, he didn't have his brother Titus there. And then when you get to chapter seven, we see what happens uh, because Paul has left Troas to go to Macedonia. Chapter seven reconnects us with what happens when he's in Macedonia. And there we find that uh, his difficulties continue, but eventually are relieved, as he tells us in uh, chapter 7, verse 6, uh, by God comforting us through the coming of Titus. Mm. This seems to be a really important dimension, Jeff, in self-care, the positive influence of friends in ministry. Yeah, and, and there's, it's almost like... Um... There's a kind of lone ranger ethos about being a minister. 
which is just not scriptural if i might be that strong in you know in this case paul needed needed his friend and it's interesting that he you know you say well you know my sufficiency is in christ and he is all i need well yes that's true obviously but in this case paul describes it as being god supplying his need but his but it says but God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. It wasn't done in a vacuum. It was actually Titus was God's comfort. We're a body. We're, we're dependent on one another. And so as a, as a person who is often in an isolated and lonely job in one sense um, or ministry, there is a loneliness to, to being a lone minister in a church. Um, you need the comfort that God provides, and the comfort is actually another person, which uh, I think is powerful. And this passage also seems to show us how important peace of mind is for mm. the work. It's interesting that Paul doesn't really develop what he means by, I still had no peace of mind, other than the fact mm. that Titus wasn't there. But having peace of mind is vital, isn't it, to sustaining mm godly leadership mm, mm. i was just going to say it just imagining what it was like for paul what did that mean you know if you met paul and paul hadn't got peace of mind how would he be functioning you can't imagine that he's he's functioning well well it's a great question what does it mean again i think if we put it in the context of he appears to find peace of mind as a result of titus's fellowship which in chapter seven we say was a ministry of comforting the downcast. Mm. So mm. it suggests that Paul was carrying things which were very deep mm. and personal to him through his experiences. We also know from the opening chapter, the first chapter of 2 Corinthians, that Paul had gone through a very difficult experience in Asia. He speaks about feeling the sentence of death within him mm. until the Lord uh, comforts and delivers him. But this sense of peace of mind in ministry and leadership is obviously often something very deep, isn't it, Jeff? And and very, very personal to us that we're yeah. not supposed to keep to ourselves, it seems, that we need to share with others. No, yes, I, I think that's so true. And we can carry burdens that, you know, Jesus said, my, my burden is light. And sometimes because of the nature of the work we do, we can take a burden that we shouldn't be carrying. And a friend can help with that massively. Titus must have been quite a quite a fellow. Yeah, yeah. Titus is a hero here, not Paul. Yeah, which is wonderful to think about, really. Yeah, maybe a little character study on the life of Titus would be good mm. at some point. Well, Jeff, we've looked at these three areas. We, we've skated over the surface, but hopefully, we've primed the pump a bit in people's thinking that uh, delegation, uh, the importance of rest. And the need for friends, if we are to have at least a move towards regular, healthy self-care in ministry. Mm. And I hope, Jeff, you'll be able to join me on the next podcast in two weeks time when I think our plan is really to to broaden this out and start to look at some practical interventions to do with delegation, rest and developing good friends in ministry. So are you up for this? Yeah, certainly. Be delighted. Great. Well, wherever you've been listening to this, maybe you've been out for a walk, driving in the car, lying in the bath, 
Whatever it is, we hope that this third podcast of Team Talk has been a help and a blessing to you. And we hope you'll join us for part two of uh, self-care in Christian leadership.